Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 72 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money, tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what to look for on a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. And last week, we had Matt Champagne talking about how to keep your clients forever by using intelligent surveys versus the junk survey questions too many companies send out. Today, we have as our guest, Peter Sandine. Peter, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Close enough, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Peter is often called the marketer's marketer because more than half of his clients are marketing experts. His primary focus is marketing messages and funnels, but he spent nearly a decade in copywriting and conversion optimization. He now helps small business owners get more leads and sales from their website. Uh, Peter, you and I are in a uh, mastermind group together, so we've had some brief conversations, uh, but I, I am looking forward to spending more time and Tell me more specifically what you do and why you do it. Um, so I focus primarily on the messaging and that became from doing a lot of conversion optimization because conversion optimization typically means just testing all sorts of things and almost any test can create the result, a big result. So sometimes if you change the button color, it will make a big difference, but those are very, very unusual situations, whereas if you change what you get people to understand or what you ask them to do, so the, really the messaging side of things, that will almost always create a significant change in the results. If you improve the messaging, it gets better. If you make it worse, then the results get much worse. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's why I got into focusing on that because I could see that that is really what makes the difference. So regardless of what tactic you use or strategy, if you're not getting people to understand the right things, they're not going to buy. So yeah, that's, I, I guess, the very simple answer why I focus on that now. And that, and that makes sense. Now, uh, as, as you're probably aware, I donate 100% of the profits from the work I do to charity. So uh, philanthropy is a big deal for me and the guests I have on the show. So tell me about what's your favorite cause or charity that you support? Um, I think WWF is the main one that, like the one that I really care most about. Somehow nature and wildlife feel like something I want to donate to. Uh, not that there would be anything wrong. For example, I know the shelter to soldier, the one that you promote and support. I think great idea. I especially I like it because dogs are involved. I'm very much a dog person. And, and overall, like just wonderful idea. I have nothing against ones that support humans, but somehow for me... <laughs> I just feel like there's often this sense of how inefficient it is because a lot of the people are not willing to take the, the help in a lot of the situations. Now, I'm not at all talking about the one you support, but if it's animals, they are definitely like, they're just going to do their thing and we can either help or not. <laughs> and somehow it just feels good for me to help that sort of thing. Well, yeah. And, and I would also say that, uh, you know, for those who aren't familiar, WWF is World Wildlife Fund. And those generally are animals that can't speak for themselves. So yep. 
that makes a lot of sense. So again, yeah, thank you, Peter. Um, so tell me who who are your target markets, or who you know? Give me an example of a target client for you. Um, there's basically two types. One is fairly established business owners, <clears throat> typically in the two hundred thousand to five six million dollar revenue range. Uh, a lot of them are marketing experts. I mean, 70% or so of my clients right yeah. now, actually right now more than that are marketing experts. So people who do marketing consulting, coaching, selling marketing uh, products, services. Um, the others are anything from you know jewelry to air conditioning to B2B agencies or software or like, I mean, anything and everything, even some artists here and there. Uh, the other group are let's say more the like beginner solopreneurs, like very small business owners, they might have an assistant or two, but like they're pretty much doing everything on their own, typically in 10 to $100,000 range in, in revenue. I still help all of these people with the same things. And that's kind of the funny part. How I help changes, yes, but messaging, which is really like a combination of who you're talking to, how they think of the topic, what you're offering them and how you're describing it. Like that's something that even very, very good marketers need help with because it's really hard to do for yourself, even yes. if you're good at doing it for others. Um, and I don't do marketing for them. I mean, I don't attempt to get those clients, but they talk with each other and I get that's how I get those clients. And they help they really need the help with the same exact stuff. Same thing with funnels. I just was on a call with someone who's helped, I don't really know how many hundreds of people figure out their own marketing and really struggles to figure out her own. Like one of the most brilliant marketers I've ever seen and really, really doesn't have a clue how to do it for herself or has a clue, but like too many ideas, too many things to potentially focus on too many. Like if, if you would just let her do her thing, it would take her six years to build a one funnel because it <laughs> would have 158 different videos and so on. Like, because especially people who know a lot about marketing, whether a professional marketer or not, it's hard to take away ideas. It's hard to see which of these 600 good ideas, ideas that really genuinely could make more profit, which ones are the actually essential ones. And that's really what I focus on. I mean, even my tagline is marketing essentialism. Like I try to always specifically see what are the essential parts and let's get first those parts right and then start adding in all the other things if we want to. Because as long as you miss one of the essentials, nothing else really matters. But as soon as you get all the essentials right, you can get very good results with very similar, like very simple systems, even. So, yeah, it, you know, it, it reminds me of an expression one of my mentors uh, used often, and that is fish can't see the water they're swimming in. And so, yep. when you're dealing with a marketing expert who's helping other people, they don't necessarily have the ability to see their own situation and what would work the best for themselves. Yeah. Like really, I think that it seems that the more people know about marketing, the more they struggle with narrowing down to what matters. People who don't know a lot about marketing will struggle to have good ideas. They will have one or two or maybe 10, but it, they, they are clearly missing some things in each of them. Whereas the people who really know marketing very well might have a hundred really good ideas, 
ones that have all their necessary pieces, but then also 600 extra pieces, and they don't yeah. have time for all of that. So the narrowing down to what actually makes the most, like the biggest difference is, yeah, it's a different skill. Well, you know, talking about how it works for other people, let's talk about what was your biggest failure, whether it's personal or business. Huh. I think one that is that I've really stuck to my ideas of how I should run the business. Like I think I've been essentially trying to copy my father's business, which mm. was her, like him, him doing just endless hours with low prices and like just thinking that he has to do everything perfectly mm. instead of just getting things done at a reasonable pace. So again, I, I'm the fish that can't see the water because like I this is exactly the thing that I help many other people with. I'm pretty good at choosing what I focus on and how well I do things for myself. But then I might spend ludicrous amounts of time on some small product, for example, that really should take two weeks. And I might spend months thinking through uh, some different permutations of how I could do it. Like I'm right now working on one that I expected, I fully, truly expected to take maybe maximum 200 hours. I'm now well over a thousand hours in, probably much, much more, just because I didn't figure out how to explain one topic well enough. And I just, I just wouldn't publish it before I get it right, because I know it is one that everyone struggles with. And if I do a poor job of it, then the whole product is kind of like, do I really want to publish it? Not no. So then I get stuck on those sorts of things. So I don't know if it's a mistake, but it's something that I keep doing still, even though I'm very aware of it, that instead of letting go of the idea of how perfectly something has to be done, see that, well, get it done at a good enough level and then improve from there. So, Yeah, it's um, something I'm trying to think of another expression has something to do with um, uh, uh, mediocre execution will always trump delayed perfection. Yes. Anyway, and I think I just made best. that up because I know it's not really close to the, the expression I wanted to say. Well, done is better than perfect. Yes, thank you. That, that that's a much shorter and better way to phrase it. Done <laughs> is better than you know uh, not delivering something perfect. What was the insight you got from this situation? I guess I should have drawn some more insight, but good that you asked so that I actually learned from it maybe finally, because I've been in this situation many times before. Clearly, I haven't drawn an insight from it. Now, I think what really would be the thing for me that probably would help is that if I start on a project, I would specify for myself, what is the acceptable level? Like, What is it that it has to do so that it's good enough? And then if something goes better than that, great. But if something like everything has to at least be on that level, but I wouldn't put a whole lot of effort into making it better than acceptable. And then if something is easy to make better, then great, but not get stuck on some like individual module of a product for months, just because I haven't found the perfect way of explaining something. I think I've now figured it out, but it took me months. And the, the solution I found was completely ridiculous. Like it took me months to figure out that, hey, this like life coaching technique or something could be used for explaining an email marketing technique in a way that I think actually gets people to understand it, which is, I mean, anyway, when people see it, I think some people will laugh a lot because <laughs> it's a ridiculous solution to such a problem. Uh, but yeah, just having clearer standards, like written down, what are the standards? 
so that I don't get this feeling that, well, I have to do better than this, even though it's already perfectly functional and no one would ever complain. Uh, and it's, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, one of the requirements for psychologists is to be in therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I say over and over again is wealth creation is a team sport, not a solo sport. And what I'm hearing is that you're the only one directing all of this for yourself. And so I'm putting you on the spot by saying, well, who do you speak to when you get stuck like this? My wife. And she's actually very good at solving these things for me. Were you speaking with her on this project that took a thousand hours? Not enough, clearly. Uh -huh, okay. <laughs> just, uh, just a little reminder. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to guess your prospects may be making some of the same mistakes. Is that correct? Yep, definitely. And my okay. clients too. All right. Now, do you have an example, like a case study uh, of someone who had poor messaging, worked with you, uh, created clear messaging, and what that result would be? Uh, yes, plenty. Uh, I think Let's one of have the, one. like, I think the, the clearest one was a guy named Steve Horseman, who focuses on helping men in relationships. And the, the result was that as soon as we changed the messaging on his homepage and the emails he sent to his list, he got more high-end clients in two weeks than in the previous six months. Good morning. Mm. Um, and that was really nothing else changed than those two things. The homepage, what he said there, not that there was a new opt-in offer or anything, just what it was about and what he talked about in emails, focusing on the new marketing message. Because the marketing message, as I define it, like what I go at is figuring out what are the most important things for people to understand about what you do or the well, most impactful things to understand. Well, having more incoming leads in two weeks than six months sounds like a good improvement. Yeah. No, paying clients, not oh, just paying leads, clients. Like paying oh, clients. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. That's <laughs> much better. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask that if people want to get a hold of you, is there some valuable free resource maybe that you can provide that would support them and they can get a hold of you from that? Yeah. If someone goes to my homepage, so petersandine.com, there's a video uh, that tells what the, the thing is that I'm now going to talk about, but it's a, basically a video where I go through some marketing messaging mistakes that even marketing experts make. They're the same mistakes that beginners make and experts make. So it's, it's really like anyone who's in business should get some value out of it. And at least people have so far said that it is, whether they've been in business for two decades or two months, it's been helpful. So that's probably a good good start. And you can respond to any email you get from me. I mean, obviously you join my email list to get the email, the video, that's how these things work. So <laughs> happy. I mean, if someone responds, I respond 99% of the time. Sometimes takes a while, but I, I do respond almost every time. Terrific. Okay. So uh, that is not what I had for my show notes. I had six-figure website uh, redesign, pro which is a little, kind of long. So it'd be easier yeah. to put uh, Peter Sandine and, and your... Yeah. yeah. And we didn't end up talking about websites. <laughs> the one you're referring to, it's actually just sixfigurewebsite.com. Uh, it, it goes to the same page. Uh, ah. And that's uh, it's a video of 
how I redid my own website, like the whole behind the scenes process. Ah, of okay. Yeah. So I, it sounds like I could still use that in the show notes. You can do both if you want. <laughs> okay, perfect. Now, is there a question that I should have asked you that would give some great value to my listeners? And obviously answer it, but what would the question and the answer be? <laughs> Well, since we're talking about, uh, we've been primarily talking about messaging, I, I yes. think a, a clear example of it would be something that would make messaging more effective, um, something that would actually make what you say have more impact on people. And this is probably fairly counterintuitive, but saying fewer things usually works much better because if you say a lot of things, then all of it ends up being kind of watered down. I mean, imagine a car salesman claims that this car is fast and very nice in city and long road trips and short road trips and just going to the grocery <laughs> store. And it's very safe and ecological and has great stereo and brakes and nice seats and goes on and on and on. Like, does anything that he says anymore have really any impact? No, Not I'd, really. No, I fell asleep somewhere through there. Yeah. And I was only halfway through the example. So, like, <laughs> But that's not at all exaggerated. People don't usually realize they do this, but very, I mean, 95% of business owners do this on their homepage, do this when they talk to other people about their business, do this in their advertisements, do this on their landing pages, in their emails, everywhere. They don't focus on very specific things, but rather they kind of talk about everything. And they overall create a sense of blah, like just nothing really, like nothing stands out. So it, even though it can feel scary and if you don't do it well, it doesn't work either very well, but like saying fewer things at least gives you really the option of having some impact with what you say. So what I'm hearing is that you support people to focus on those fewer things that will have the greatest impact. Definitely. Yes. Okay. And there are basically just two things those need to do. One is make your target customers really sense that this is something they want. So you can offer them something they they actively want it, not just that they see it as valuable, but they actually want to get it and make them see why it's the best option for them. So what makes it different from the comparison points that are in their heads Beautiful. Thank in you. a way that they actually care about? Because <laughs> I mean, the, the silly example I often use is that, well, I climb almost every day. I am now probably the only marketing expert you know who climbs almost every day. Are you going to hire me because of that? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> it's It's probably unique, but why would you care? So it has to be something that is unique in a way they care about and understand. Uh, but yeah, that can be tricky, especially when you do it for yourself. I'm happy to help with it, <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, but like, seriously, like those are the things you need to do, but saying fewer things, even though it's kind of scary, gives you a better chance of getting good results with it. And you know what? And that also fits the analogy of medicine where the general practitioner who can handle all sorts of things gets paid far less than the surgeon who only operates on one thing. Yep. So Peter, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform and please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 
27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Next week, we'll have Debbie Allen talking about making a difference in the lives of others by recognizing you are an expert. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now. Mm -hmm.